Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the podcast The Endurance of Labor Laws. I'm your lovely host Leslie Sullivan. Today is episode 164 and today we're going to take a look at the Superfund sites in the state of Nevada. But before I do that, let me give a big shout out to my listeners because as usual, you guys are awesome. So a big shout out to New York, West Virginia, California, Indiana, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Texas, Oklahoma, New Jersey, Maryland, and Illinois in terms of countries, the United States, and the Russian Federation. A little bit of housekeeping here. So number 1, do check out our YouTube channel. It is the Endurance of Labor Laws. We are trying to put everything on there as much as possible, so do check it out. Like and subscribe to our lovely channel. In terms of things that are celebrated on November 11th, it is National Sunday Day, so basically ice cream. So do reward yourself and have some nice ice cream. And in the United States, it is also Veterans Day. So God bless our veterans. They definitely sacrifice a lot uh, in their lives to protect our country. So. Needless to say, we're going to take a look at the state of Nevada. There are not very many. In fact, it is very few. Um, so there are three of them listed, but they—it doesn't tell me that they are not on the list, but they kind of are. So it's kind of confusing. So Nevada has three Superfund sites. Two of them—they um, are Superfund sites, but they're not on the national priorities list. They do have one that is a super fun site and is also on the national priorities list. So good job Nevada, you're doing a really awesome thing there. So the first one that is current and active is Carson River Mercury site. It is located in two different counties or actually three. It is located in Lyon or Leon, I'm not sure how they pronounce that, uh Story County and Churchill. In terms of Leon or Lyon County, whichever way you want to pronounce that, the population there is 59,235. The next county that this super fun site is located in is Story. The population there is 4,104. In Churchill County, let's see the population there is 25,516. And the surface water, sediment, soil, fish and wildlife are contaminated by mercury. from a historical gold and silver mining operation. This one was added to the list in 1990. The next super fun site, it is a super fun site. It is current active, but it is not on the national priorities list. So, is it bad? Yes, but is it really bad? No. Um this one is called Anaconda Mine. It is located in Leon or Lyon, however you want to pronounce that county. It says the groundwater and surface water are contaminated by by a wide range of heavy metals, uh radioisotopes, chlorides, sulfates and acidic conditions. It says here um they have contaminated dust from mine tailings. The next one and last one that is current and active, it is a super fun site, but it is not extremely bad, so it is not on the national priorities list. It is called Rio Tinto Copper Mine. It is located in Elko County. The population there is 53,702. And this one, that area is contaminated with copper, iron, manganese and zinc. Again, it is a super fun site, but it is not considered as toxic and hazardous, at least not at a high level. So these last two are not on the national priorities list. So because it doesn't tell me that it's on that list, I don't know how long it has been a um, a super fun site 
And so it's one of those things that, you know, we do have the national priorities list, which is definitely and should be a priority, but we have all these other super fun sites that are still an issue, but just because they're not toxic and they're not hazardous, that doesn't mean that we should be um, ignoring them or not cleaning them up. So that's my concern with these. is that in the United States we do have about 40,000 super fun sites littered across the United States. We are predominantly focusing on the ones that are on the national priorities list. I will see if I can find the others that are just I guess just regular super fun sites. Um I guess they're not as toxic, but here's the thing. For example, the Anaconda mine located in Leon County Their groundwater and their surface water is contaminated by heavy metals, radioisotopes, chlorides, sulfates and anything that is kind of acidic. They don't give me a specific acid that is the issue. But here's the thing. Those are pretty serious things to contaminate your groundwater and your surface water. But here's the thing. The EPA, uh, the federal agency is in charge of setting the standard of what is considered livable or lethal. So needless to say, even though it is livable to be around those things that we just mentioned, do you really want to be exposed to that because over time it could become lethal. See, that's probably one of my main issues with the EPA among other things is that they set these standards and they say, "Hey, we are the be all in all and these are the standards that we are setting as the bar." basically don't go over this do not exceed it but you can get right up to the lethal amount well here's the thing you know what is lethal uh, lethal excuse me for an adult um would be extremely lethal for a child so that's why you can't really just go off of well what's the range you know what's the minimum that we can allow you know without calling it a um a super fun site that gets put on the national priorities list. See, that's the problem. We have quite a few super fun sites that are on the national priorities list and again, that's about I don't know 1200 to 1400. So let's just round up and say there's 2000. Well, if there are 2000 super fun sites that are extremely toxic and hazardous and are on the national priorities list, that means we still have 38000 super fun sites. that are still toxic and hazardous but they're not considered necessarily lethal. So no offense, uh Mr. EPA or Mrs. EPA, whoever is in charge, I think it's a man now. I don't want to be exposed to heavy metals, radioisotopes, chlorides or sulfates. I don't want to be exposed to that even if it's not considered lethal. The human body is not supposed to be exposed to heavy metals like this. No that was not in the design for mankind to be exposed to super fun sites and just because they're not extremely lethal that doesn't mean they can't cause a problem later down the road. I've used this example in a previous podcast so I'll close with this because this is a short list. You'll know, say for example you have two smokers. One smokes a pack of cigarettes every day for like 40 years and lo and behold 40 years down the road when they're like in their 60s or 70s oh no they have stage 3 or 4 lung cancer surprise surprise it's not a surprise okay so then there's the other smoker let's say they smoked maybe a couple cigarettes a day not even a whole pack but they did that for a year because they were stressed and they were in school but they stopped 
because they didn't want to smoke anymore and it wasn't something that they really enjoyed it was just there and it was to help ease the stress of everyday living well, let's say they only smoked that much which was very little but let's say they also developed cancer like 30 or 40 years later in fact even someone that smokes a cigarette you know maybe for a year or less they could still develop cancer even as a young person see but here's the thing There are researchers and scientists and people that work for the EPA and for different federal agencies especially in regards to human health they they basically run statistics and they say well what are the odds basically of you dying from XYZ and what's the rate of that See just because the rate is low of getting lung cancer just because you smoked for a year that doesn't mean that no one ever gets lung cancer if they smoke, you know, a few cigarettes every day for a year. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when we talked about, you know, getting a physical. And right now in the medical world in the United States, and I think that this, you know, came over from Europe about limiting healthcare especially for women, but one of the um it's really sad, one of the things that they have been implementing and quite aggressively in the medical field in regards to uh a women's health in terms of OBGYN and women getting a pap smear and a physical every year and then also getting mammograms and a breast exam women are being discouraged from getting a pap smear because they said well the the rate or the the occurrence of cancer is really low so we're just going to say get a pap smear every 5 to 6 years because what are the odds because basically they ran a study they they did statistical analysis and they said well you know the the cancer rates have dropped so we don't need to get a pap smear done every year here's the thing the reason why cancer rates dropped was because women were getting access to healthcare You know, getting a physical exam is basic healthcare and to do that once a year is actually essential and very much necessary because the reason why so many cancers dropped while they were doing a routine pelvic exam or they were doing a pap smear or they were just doing regular blood work, all the things that you're supposed to do at a regular yearly exam, they were able to catch the cancers early. And so if you catch a cancer early, your odds of surviving are greatly increased. So needless to say, if you catch cancer in stage 0 or stage 1, it's almost always a 99% rate of survival. But see, here's the thing, some idiot in a federal agency and in regards to these medical bureaus and these associations that they looked at as well, you know, because the cancer rates have dropped and and the rate of disease has dropped, Why don't we just pull back the medical care? Why don't we just pull back the very thing that is actually diagnosing these diseases early and helping people to fight these diseases and and also survive it? Meaning beat the disease. So needless to say, I meet more and more women that have gotten um ovarian cancer and cervical cancer because they did not get a routine pap smear. They did not go in and get a physical every year. and they were discouraged from getting a physical every year. You know, getting a physical, getting an annual exam is basic healthcare. It actually does not cost a lot of money and in fact, getting an annual exam is covered 
It's covered in um, see Medicare, Medicaid, and then it's also covered. You'll see, for example, you don't have private health insurance, or you don't have health insurance through your employer, or, or even if you're unemployed, and you think, well, I don't have health care. Actually, you do. You go to the county health department. So if you don't have a job, or if you do have a job and you don't have health insurance. Your tax dollars are already paying for you to get a physical exam every year, regardless of whether you're a male or female. And a physical exam means a physical exam, meaning a doctor, not a nurse practitioner, okay, but a doctor, actually exams your body and does blood work. An annual exam for a woman includes getting a pelvic exam, getting a Pap smear, and/or getting an ultrasound done on their um, their ovaries and their uterus. Also to get a, um, it's a mammogram. I think it's done. I think it's starting at the age of 40. You get a mammogram done every year. Also, you need to have blood work done every year. You, you need to check your cholesterol. You need to check um, your white blood cells. Like basically, do a, a full blood count is what they call it. They look at everything, and especially for women, they also check the thyroid as well. There are so many things that can be caught early. But what is the solution of the elitist and/or the federal uh, government and some of these federal agencies? Oh well, why spend that money there? The, the rates are dropping for uh, cancer. Well, the reason why again the rates are dropping is because the disease was caught early. So why limit someone's access to healthcare? That makes no sense to me. And also, men need a physical. They need to get a prostate exam. They also need to get blood work done. You know, used to men were the ones that were most commonly not getting their annual exam done, because of course no one wants to get their prostate checked. I mean, who does? I mean, nobody enjoys this stuff, but it's for your physical health. It's for your well-being. Now there are so many women that are like, well, I just don't want to get a Pap smear because it's not pleasant. Well, duh, duh, it's not pleasant. I mean, you know, having blood drawn is not pleasant. Donating blood is not pleasant. I mean, you know, it, it's not—it's not about it being pleasant or being unpleasant. It's about doing the right thing. Like, do you care about your body? And you're probably thinking, why is she bringing this up? Here's the thing: sometimes federal agencies. Look at um, statistics, specifically from universities, or they hire companies to say, "Hey, what's the minimum that we can actually provide people without it looking like we don't really care?" Because that's basically what they're doing. That is essentially what the EPA is doing. So that's why we have 38,000, if not a little bit more. I'm just rounding up. That's why we have 38,000 Superfund sites that are still on the on the Superfund site list. And we still have about 1,200 to 1,400 on the national priorities list. So basically, the worst of the worst are not getting handled, but neither are the not so bad ones. That's why we have so many Superfund sites in the United States. It's because it's not being addressed. It's been identified what is an issue, but they're not getting cleaned up. And sometimes the common thinking about These sites is that well, if they're really bad, it's just going to take longer. Here's the thing: why not set up a timeline of what you expect to get done? Like set some goals. 
even if it seems impossible, set some goals. This is what we want to accomplish at 3 months, at 6 months, at 9 months, at 12 months. Like set things up. At least try. You know, with EPA and some of these federal agencies, they don't even try and set a goal. They want the budget, they want the money. But they don't want to have to do the work. And that's why we have about 40,000 Superfund sites located in the United States. Just because the majority of them are not considered quote-unquote lethal, that doesn't mean they can't harm your body in the short term and the long term. And that doesn't mean that you, you, you won't die from being exposed to something. You know, the human body has enough to deal with just being alive and being in nature, right? What's the point of making it worse, you know, to be exposed to these toxic hazardous chemicals and these heavy metals and these things that, you know, there's only so much the liver and the kidneys can do. I mean, let's just call a spade a spade. There's only so much the human body can break down and get it out of the system. You know, what a lot of people don't realize, maybe even within the EPA, is that sometimes when you are exposed to certain substances, it never leaves your body that is really scary and what's even worse a lot of the damage that these substances can do the damage can be very much permanent which means it's not always reversible you know, think about a burn victim like with third degree burns will their skin ever look like you know a newborn baby probably not. I would say the majority of them they will never look the same. Well, if that's what you see on the outside, just imagine what's going on on the inside of the body when it is exposed to these substances that the human body is not supposed to be exposed to, especially in the long term. That's why these things are concerning. I'm not saying be fearful, I'm not saying worry about because being fearful and worrying It doesn't do anything to help you. If 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 anything it hinders you. That's why knowledge is power. Like we learn these things, I would say to be aware and to overcome any kind of fear or worry so that way we can handle these things quickly, safely and appropriately. Cuz the worst thing we can do is be fearful or worry and then just stop in our tracks and think, "Oh, what am I going to do? What are we going to do?" We already know what to do. Clean it up. Find the right people, employ the right people. Cuz at this point, I mean, I got to say we're not doing enough. And I'm not for raising taxes. I'm typically not for the federal government intervening in any way shape or form. But in this case, I think the federal government should intervene. And I think the private sector should also intervene because this is a problem that affects everybody. It's not just one or the other. So technically that means that this is an equal responsibility to do what's right. I will go ahead and close this podcast or end this episode, but as usual until next time, I pray that you're happy, healthy and whole, that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week. Thank you so much. God bless and bye-bye.
Smallest steps, waves transform the earth. 